The Big Scottish Football Podcast with Stephen Mill and Ewan Cameron. Welcome along to episode 19 of the Big Scottish Football Podcast with me, Stephen Mill, and him, Ewan Cameron. How are you doing? You all right? I can hear in your throat. I you think mean? you were drunk last night. I was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to deny that. I was. Um, I was out all day in Edinburgh yesterday, but... It was a school night. What are you doing? Hi, but it was. I actually feel completely fine today. Surprisingly enough, it was one of those ones where it was over a long period of time. So... Oh, yeah, okay. So, yeah. yeah I, I, I was Did drunk. you finish early? Eh... Uh, no, <laughs> no, you, you, no, probably by the time I got the train home and all the rest uh-huh. of it, like it was probably my last drink was probably about nine o'clock. That's not nine. too bad. So you've been going all day, finishing yeah. nine, get sun tea into your bed fairly early. Exactly. And you're feeling all right this morning. Exactly. I feel, you, you I feel okay this morning. You can hear it in your throat, though, that yeah. you had a very good weekend. I did have a good weekend, actually. Did, did intern yeah. Callum pick you up from the train station? Now, we're going to move on from that because... I actually have the WhatsApps here if you want me to read No, 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 you're not reading the WhatsApps. You're not reading the WhatsApps. Have you got the WhatsApp conversation of when he was drunk? Yeah. Messaging you to come and pick him up? So firstly, he started with... You up <laughs> at nine o'clock at night. It was eleven o two. Eleven o two. And I said, "Yeah, is this a booty call?" He went, "Yeah, but mainly to pick me up. Come get from Charing Cross." Next, the next message just said, "Problems." <laughs> <laughs> so Stephen Miller had a great weekend. So it was uh, just to just to explain what the problems were. <laughs> the problem was. I was really tired on the train uh-huh. and then I fell asleep on the train uh-huh. and then I woke up and I didn't know where I was and I got off the train. <laughs> so I got off where the train. Where did you get off? About three stops early. <laughs> but I woke up and I was like, oh my God, I'm on the train. And then I, I got off the train. And the next stop? It just No, no, it was like, you know, I... The, the doors opening must have woken me up, basically. And so I was like, ran. I need to get off train! Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't know where I was. So, Amazing. Uh, that, those were problems. So that's that what a problem. So yeah, it was fine. So intern Callum came and picked me up. It was all right, fine. So um, we're all good. Anyway, uh, a huge thank you to Alex Ray for joining us last week. Lots of good food back. He was good. He was really good, Alex Ray. And uh, I believe we're getting uh, a wee trip down to Reading, sorted. Courtesy of intern Callum. Well, er, and er, Alex Ray. Yeah, intern Callum did say after the show last week that he was going whether we were going or not because yeah. he was going to take his friends. Yeah. There was no mention of taking us as friends. I know, but now we've said it on a podcast. That we are going. He has to. He has to honour that. He has to so, honour that. And so. we are going together. You're not bringing any people that we don't know. So it's us three going. Aye. Down yep. to Reading. Mm-hmm. At some point before the season ends. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to have a great night out and go and see a football match. So... So the message I put in the group chat with my real mates f- to go down on the 28th of January to see them play Sheffield United, should I not have? No. Have you done that? Aye, but just say plus two. Oh, so Minus two, are... two of them. Oh, right. So you need to decide which two friends you're getting rid of. <laughs> to, to include us. To include us in it. And Gary Wait, and Craig can hold, the one. Hold on a second. How are you jumping the gun and making these arrangements when this was discussed with Alex Ray and mm-hmm. us he invited us three not you and your pals exactly do you want me to tell you why because I'm extremely popular no that's, that's wrong that, that is not the Alex truth Alex Ray so. wanted us down the road basically you need to get that sorted or 
problems. <laughs> uh, in today's episode, we'll review all the action from the Scottish Cup third round at the weekend. We'll talk about Kitar k- 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 2022 as well. And we'll check in if Scottish football were a kitchen and do a World Cup pundit review as well. You can find us on all your usual podcast providers and on Twitter as well at Via Big Football Scott. And we're on Instagram and Facebook. Just search for the Big Scottish Football Podcast. Right, let's get stuck into today's episode of the Big Scottish Football Podcast. Let's get to the Scottish Cup at the weekend and talk about giant killings or their lack of. There was only a couple at the weekend, I would say. So Darvo beat Montrose. I think that was a bit of an upset. Absolutely. Well, in fact, it wasn't a bit of an upset. It was very much an upset. It was Montrose 2, Darvo 5 at the weekend. Drum Chapel United beating FC Edinburgh. So two League One teams papped out at the weekend. Can I just say, somebody posted on Twitter a football coupon and the double he had was Darville mm-hmm. and Drum Chapel. Yeah. And he put 20 quid on it and he won nearly £3,000. That's ridiculous. Drum Chapel were 9 to 1 to uh, beat FC Edinburgh. Darville were also a ridiculous price as well. I think they were about 6 to 1 or something like oh. that. So. Just ludicrous. Um, University of Stirling beating Albion Rovers. I guess that's a bit of an upset as well. Lowland League beating League Two. Uh, other teams in the hat. The draw, by the way, tonight after Air United versus Pollock at 7.45. That's the kickoff there, so it'll happen after that. Dunfermline, Falkirk, Hamilton, Dundee, and Lithgow, uh, Elgin City, Cove Rangers, Stenhouse, Muir, and many, many more all in the half of the second round, or the next round, I should say. And this is the round where all the big teams come in as well. Your Hearts, your Hibs, your Rangers, your Celtic. So, I mean, it'd be great for Drum Chapel to get a Rangers or a Celtic or for Darvall or for any team in the Premier League if truth be told because was it not they made like 20 grand something like that something yeah. like that and uh, if they were to get a Hearts a Hibs a Rangers a Celtic a Dundee United an Aberdeen wow that yeah. would be brilliant for them so I hope they get a good draw yeah 100% I hope Dunfermline get a good draw i.e. a rubbish team at home that's what I'm hoping would you for. take Darvall at home yeah of course you would yeah because Darvall would hate it though yeah. <laughs> you'd be thinking we want a big team <laughs> Problems. Uh, Right, let's move on to Michael Beale. His appointment as Rangers manager. You have been preaching this for days now. Two weeks. You've been saying it's going to be Michael Beale. It's going to be Michael Beale because you're a a very consistent poster on Follow Follow. No, that's a lie. Um, But you're a very consistent reader of Follow Follow. I, I, I read a lot on Follow Follow. I do like to follow what the fans are thinking and are saying on all the big football forums, Hearts, Hibs, Celtic, Rangers. But can I just say, the information I have on Michael Beale has not come from Follow Follow. Um, I have a friend who is a friend, Mm -hmm. it's one of these people, so I have a friend who's a friend of somebody who works at Rangers Okay. that informed me before anybody else in the media. Why would they tell you? Because he's my pal. I know, but why would they tell you specifically? Why wouldn't they tell someone important? No, I mean, like, if he was actually wanting to get out there, he would tell. No, I don't think they wanted it to get out. Right, okay, but you're happy just to spew it out. I'm not going to say who the person is at Rangers. But you're happy to pass on the information? Yes, because he knows the job that I do, and he realises that I would probably pass on that information. So it's going to come to pass, and I know we're recording this on a Monday morning, and he's not yet been officially announced, but I will say it on record, because this podcast will be out. He will be unveiled as a new Rangers manager at some point today. Mm-hmm. And if he isn't, then this is coming back to bite me in the ass. <laughs> I really, I really, really hope but that I think, he isn't. I think from what I've been told, he's already in Glasgow and he will be either officially announced today or unveiled or both. 
but today there will be confirmation that Michael Beale is a new Rangers manager. Whether or not he faces the media or not is a question that will be answered another day, but... I um, think if he does face the media, he will be faced with this quote from the 20th of October when he turned down the Wolves job. This is what he had to say, Michael Beale, on turning down the Wolves job. Uh, it is the aim for me to go and work in the Premier League like it is for all of our players. And the idea is to try and go there ourselves as a, as a group. It was a real privilege and uh, to be asked to go and speak to him, but I didn't think it was the right moment because I entered into an agreement here. And uh, integrity is a real big thing for me and, and loyalty. You don't give it to receive it back, but I think if they're the values you live by, then at times when, when you're put in a position, you have to be strong by them. And I don't feel that we're anywhere near uh, where I want QPR to be in this group. I'm enjoying working with them. We've got a lot to do, um, but I'm excited by it. And, and I know there'll be some bumps in the road, but I've been all in here and I've asked other people to be all in. So uh, I can't be the first person to run away from the ship. See, while I was speaking there, I'm just saying to myself, shut up. Just shut up. You're digging yourself such a big hole. So I mean, what's I'm, changed in a month? <sighs> because if I were a QPR fan, listen, I get like Rangers are a bigger club than QPR. I totally get that. But you can't come out and say that when you're linked with a Premier League job like Wolves, who have then gone on to appoint, by the way, a former Real Madrid and Spain manager. Um, so there's obviously a bit of cash behind them. Even though they're not doing that well in the league, but okay, can I? Can how can how can you how can you sit there and say that, and then just over a month later, do the dirty on them and go to Rangers? Right? Can I throw something out? Mm -hmm. Right. So he was in the running for the Wolves job. Nobody's ever come out to say that he was actually getting it. He was in the running for it. Did he know that he wasn't getting the job, and then said what he said about Maybe. QPR? Absolutely. Or, yeah. or could it be? that he was getting the, the Wolves job, but was also very much aware that Gio was under a lot of pressure and that the fans were wanting him gone. He would also have read on social media that Mountain Rangers fans would tag him in and post saying, come back, come back, come back, come back. Was he thinking, if Gio goes, I've got a chance of getting the Rangers job. Both those things might be correct. But why he said what he said... That's ludicrous. That's ludicrous, and he will never escape that. When managers turn down jobs, they just say... Nah, you're all right. Oh, yeah, thanks yeah. very much. I don't know why he said that. I but mean, the, but this isn't the right time, or this isn't the right move for me. And everyone would go, all right, that's fine. And everyone would move on. But to come out and say, I know, I know, I talk about loyalty, and integrity, integrity, and you know, asking all the players to be all in, I'm all in, and all the rest. It. The job's not done here at QPR, but it's done a month later because Rangers come calling. I think that is. If if, I, if I'm a Rangers fan, I'm worried going forward. Okay, let let me let me. Because they'll, they'll get, just say Michael, Michael Beale is the Rangers manager, according yeah. to you. Um, he does really well at Rangers. And then 18 months down the line... Everton. Everton. Spurs. Somebody like that. Do you want to come? He'll be off like a shot. How, how, how can you put any trust in him after what he's just said there? Well, you won't. And he's going to have to prove himself to the Rangers fans. Because there's a lot of Rangers fans who aren't particularly enamoured at him turning up at Ibrox anyway. You know, I, I, you know, I, I well, didn't, well, I didn't, well, I, I didn't realise that when he turned up at Ibrox a few weeks ago, that Giovanni van Bronckhorst wasn't aware yeah. that Michael Beale was going to be there as a guest. I think that is a bit off, to be honest with you. If that was the other way around, 
If that yeah. was Rangers fans looking at another person doing that at another team, they'd mm-hmm. be like, well, actually, that's that's not on. Can I put you in the position of Michael Beale? Mm-hmm. You're at QPR. Yep. You've been given your first managerial post and you're doing okay. They're sitting seventh in the league. They had a great run at the start of the season. They had a wee wobble. But in the championship, that's normal. Every club goes through a wobble. Mm-hmm. Wolves come knocking on your door and you're clearly on their short list. For whatever reason, he doesn't take the job. Whether he was getting it or not, we'll never know the answer to that question. He then says what he says, believing, right, okay, well, I'm in here at QPR. Got to get the fans back on side. And he says what he says. And then Rangers a month later come to you and say, we want you to replace Gio. You're jumping. I don't know if I am. No, you are. I don't know if I am. No, having, so you're, you're, having turned you're down wheels and having take, said take that. Take your dumb Firmland head off. <clears throat> no. Stop being anti-old firm, anti-Ranger <laughs> Celtic. You would take the Rangers job over QPR every day of the week and every month on Sundays. I would maybe take it at the end of the season. No, you wouldn't. That's uh, a lie. No. See, I genuinely See a job like Rangers. I know, you I know get offered it once. That's you, not true. That is true. You get offered the job once. If you knock them back, you ain't well, getting asked got again. Offered it twice. No, that's because he took it the first time and he took it a second time as well because so Rangers. He got offered it twice then. He got offered, what I'm saying is, <laughs> you don't get offered and then turn it down. No, but I've just if, given you an example no, of someone right, being right, offered okay. twice. Well, let, me, let me explain myself then. Right. Literally, if, you, if somebody knocks on your door and offers you the Rangers job and you say no, you ain't going to get asked again. If you knock Rangers back, you're not getting asked again. Right, but I'm just giving you an example. Yeah, no, but he said, but the first time he was asked, he said aye. Right, second time he said aye. What I'm saying is, if Michael Beale says no now, he's never getting the Rangers job. You get one shot at it. That's nonsense. You cannot knock back a club like Rangers or Celtic for that matter. I'm sorry, unless it's Spurs, unless it's Arsenal, unless it's Man United, or if it's Barcelona or Real Madrid, Juventus, Inter Milan, AC Milan, clubs of that stature is the only reason you would not take the Rangers or Celtic job. Right? He's at QPR. Rangers come knocking. You're running up the road. So yeah, he's made a mistake. A massive mistake in what he said. But I don't think he himself believed that this job would come round as quick as it has. Mm. He wouldn't say that if he knew. If he thinks he's getting the Rangers job, he doesn't say that to the QPR fans. I think because he was being touted for the Wolves job, he needed to get the QPR fans back on side and he'll regret him now he, what he, he said. He would have got them back on side just by saying, I'm staying. But he said the <laughs> right things, but look at what he said. I mean, it was the, the QPR fans are walking 10 feet tall going, amazing, brilliant. Now they're upset and pissed off with them. And rightly so. I, if, I'm, if I'm a QPR fan, I'm annoyed with Michael Beale this morning and I want nothing but failure for him. That's what I'm thinking as a QPR fan. But you cannot knock back Glasgow Rangers under any circumstances. Because you only get offered that job once. Fletcher <laughs> Waller-Smith gets offered it twice, which is a solid example to prove you wrong. Um, right. Also, very quickly, Livingston are playing QPR in a friendly tomorrow um, down at Loftus Road, and people are calling it the Loyal Rumble. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. That is good. But I think that Michael Beale will actually do a decent job there because my friend who is a friend of somebody at Rangers, already the players are delighted that Michael Beale is going to be coming in because he knows a lot of those players who were there under Steven Gerrard. And Steven Gerrard was the football manager. It was Michael Beale who was on the pitch. He was taking all the sessions. He was on speaking to the players. He knew the players. He was friendly with the players. The players respected him, loved him, enjoyed coming to training. So from that side of things, it would appear 
as though the players are absolutely delighted that Michael Beale's getting the job. He's also got a bit of a free hit this season, let's be honest. If Rangers don't win the league this season... Which they're not expected to now. They're not expected to. That's fine. He'll get January transfer window. He'll get next summer to sign players as well. And he's probably thinking, well, if Ange Postacoglu continues to do such a good job at Celtic, there will be teams down south that want to pinch him. And then he has a crack at Celtic. Yes, in turn, Callum. Can I ask you both a question? Mm-hmm. 22 games as a manager, full stop for Michael Beale. Do you think that's a, an issue? Do you think that's a problem? How many number twos over the years have been successful first team managers? There's not many in the 14. world. <laughs> 14. You yeah, just thrown a number in there. Because yeah. I'm thinking like, <laughs> like Steve McLaren didn't really work out for him, did it? Not, it's not great. He was a great number two. Archie Knox. I think it's Middlesbrough to the UEFA Cup final. I think that's an all right achievement. <laughs> he won. I'm, he, I'm talking he, generally. He won, generally speaking, he won the Dutch league with twenty. All right, that's maybe, quite a good achievement. Maybe not the best example <laughs> of a number two going on to bigger and better things, but there are yeah. quite a few. Go and think of another one. Yeah, so we can see that rubbish as well. Come right. on, come on. Um, another number two who's been rubbish. another number two that's went on to. Archie Knox was a good number two. He wasn't a. He we, wasn't a manager, so that doesn't count. No. No. So. Um, oh God! Why did I open my mouth there? <laughs> <laughs> no, but the, but it's a well-known fact that number twos don't make good managers. <laughs> You're right. Jose Mourinho's dreadful. Yeah, J- Jose Mourinho. Ah, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, he was number two. Brian Robson, wasn't he? <laughs> uh, Bobby <laughs> Robson. Yeah, and. Uh, oh yeah, Bobby. Uh, uh, this is not a good. Can we cut this section out? <laughs> yeah. No, no. Look, see, can somebody just Google number two? Managers, number two coaches who have gone on to fail. <laughs> right, so, so that affects your point, as opposed to yeah, all but the examples. I think there's some decent names out there who are really good number twos, but have been poor managers. I've got a few here. You've got a good point. Um, Carlos Quiros. Yeah, Carlos Quiros. Well, rubbish manager. Yeah, like, you know, like was Portugal manager, Real Madrid manager, uh-huh. Iran manager. Bob Paisley, remember famously? Bob Paisley. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. He was number two yeah. as well. Yeah. Do you know who yeah. started as number two? Under Walter Smith. Walter Smith. Walter Smith. Walter Smith. Yeah. Yeah. He went on to have a terrible career, yeah. Walter Smith. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And he actually broke that fact. That I, get, just... I, get, I get the feeling that you're mocking me now. Yeah, I am. Uh, right, anyway, Michael Beale, soon to be Rangers manager. Ewan, Can we you make heard a... it here first oh, with Ewan Cameron. You put your mortgage on it. He's yeah. going to be unveiled at some point in the next day or two. Will he be a success? Yes. You think he'll do well? Yes, because having seen what Steven Gerrard is like without Michael Beale, <laughs> I think it's quite clear that Michael Beale was the brains behind the operation there. Yes. Uh, so he's obviously a good coach. And just what you said there, obviously the players like him, which is, you know, very, That's very battle. important. Yeah. But what I would say, I do think that Rangers squad needs a lot of surgery. I think yeah, there's a lot of totally. changes being made. And I there. think you're bang on the money. I think he's got a free hit now. Yeah. He needs to come in, stabilise the ship and show the fans what his plans are going forward and they can be encouraged by that and if they can close the gap on Celtic and get a good run in the Scottish Cup then it's all a bonus absolutely right Michael Beale will be appointed according to you and Cameron please please let there be some sort of disastrous <laughs> event happen so that Michael Beale is not the Rangers manager and you and Cameron. It's been the worst ago. podcast ever if it's, he doesn't become the manager. If he isn't by next Monday, should we give him some sort of forfeit? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Michael... No, no. By 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 the end, by the end of play today. So if by tomorrow morning Michael Beale isn't Rangers yeah. manager, yeah, you'll do it. 
How about how about? Give me an eating challenge, whatever. No, I don't care. An eating challenge. I don't know. I'm just just thinking about I'm a celebrity. <laughs> how many there. hot dogs think I have? Yeah. <laughs> right. We we will think of a forfeit for you and right, Cameron. So if he's not manager tomorrow morning. Then I will do a forfeit next Monday. Okay, right. Let's delay the appointment, please, Rangers. If you're listening to at least tomorrow afternoon. <laughs> what okay. time tomorrow morning? The big Scottish football podcast with Stephen Mill and Ewan Cameron. Nine fifty-nine tomorrow morning. Okay. Please let them. Please let them announce at ten o'clock. <laughs> uh, right. Let's move on to if Scottish football were. We are looking for your footballers, managers, referees, pundits who would feature if Scotch football were a kitchen. And once again, you had some superb suggestions and some rotten ones as well. So let's go through some of them. Ange Pasta Coglu, <laughs> uh, Refrigerator Rangers, uh, Lawrence Lamb Shankland. That's from John Lennox. Well done. Uh, Real but what's that going to do with a kitchen? Because you have a fridge in a kitchen. No, but the lamb. Well, where, where do you keep your lamb? <laughs> Do you keep it in a larder of some sort? Of where like, do you have a lamb shank? Yeah, where where do you where do you often keep your lamb shanks? Where do you where do you have your lamb shanks? Okay, okay. So, so when you say if Scottish football were a kitchen, yep. I take from that it's kitchen appliances. Okay, right? Not foods <laughs> that are in a kitchen. So, so, so right, okay. We'll go through. We'll get to the kitchen appliances. <laughs> right, right. Things that are in a kitchen, like a, a cupboard, a utensil. <laughs> A fridge. Would a utensil? A utensil, would like, but not food. So, for example, I'd be like if Scottish football was a food. Real Hitati masher. Yeah, I'll have that. That's Aye, from Mister DC. Yeah, that's good. You. Air Fryer United from Alan Douglas. But I got an air fryer a couple of weeks ago, and I did an outstanding baked potato last night. Really, a baked potato in an air fryer is amazing. And do you know what I did? I scooped out the potato from the shell of the potato, mm-hmm. and then um, I, I put in some spiced mince. Right. And then I put the potato back on top of the mince and then put some melted cheese on it and then put it back in the air fryer so it all crisped up and melted. It was really nice. Cool. Uh, right. <laughs> uh, Gabriel Tomato. No, that, that, doesn't, that doesn't meet the, the UN no, criteria. No. That's from Simon Q. Sorry, Simon Q, you're useless. What about Chip Charnley? Nah. From Ginger Steve. That one's very funny. That's yeah. not. Right. And, and, right. No, 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 no. What's the no, no, no. machine called? What's the machine called? Chip maker. Chip maker. <laughs> chip maker Charlie. <laughs> right. Right. A chip maker. <laughs> that, that, that's on utensils, I know. Well, I don't know. Uh, frying. <laughs> frying Kent. Frying Kent. Yeah. yeah. I'll, well, you need a pan for that. So frying. No, I'm not giving. I'm not having that. Super Ali McCoy soup. Or, nah. No. A soup machine. A soup yeah. maker. That's from uh, Sam McElwain. Uh, Kentucky Fried Itton. How's that to do with a kitchen? Because you would eat Kentucky Fried Chicken in a kitchen. You'd make it in a kitchen. Yeast Fife. Yeast Fife. <laughs> bread maker. That's in a bread maker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Martin Boyle in the bag rice. <laughs> These are all foods, mate. Right. I'm jo- sorry, they've just clearly not got the memo on this. John Brown sauce. That's nah. from Alexander Wilson. Nah, this is rubbish. Right. Andy Walker. Very good. Right. Very like good. Okay. Yeah, I like that. Frying Pandy Halliday. <laughs> that that, admits, that, 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 that meets works. the criteria. Yeah. Ian Crockery. <laughs> from John McCormack. Yes. Hamilton Snackies. <laughs> from Jonathan Dunn. Uh, we've got East Knife as well. Uh-huh. Spotted Dick Campbell. Mm, that's from Stuart Shaw. Do you know what? I've never eaten a spot I've never eaten a spotted dick in my life. I don't even know what it is. 
So it's some, it, some sort of pudding you used to get at school or it's, something? It's like, a, it's like it's really doughy. You strike me as the sort of person who would talk about puddings you got at school. Caramel flan? Yeah, see, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I knew, I I knew. Love, Do you love caramel flan? I don't even know what that is, mate. Short crust pastry, caramel flan with hot custard, and then the caramel melts into the custard. It was semolina and all that stuff, yeah. Semolina was amazing. Yeah. Angel right. Delight, do you remember Angel Delight? I do remember Angel Delight. Anyway, we're getting off the topic, and we are going down our road I don't want to go down. So, Andrew Constant Dining Table. <laughs> That's from Dogger but you don't get a, you don't get a dining table in the kitchen. You could do. No, you, you don't. Do. Yes. No, you don't. Yeah. Well, it depends on what kind of house you've got. Not everyone has a separate dining area. <laughs> no, so no, no. So you could have a dining no, table I, in the no, kitchen. No, I don't have a separate dining area either, but what I'm saying what is... Do you, oh, do you off the floor at a prop? <laughs> what, what are you eating then? Where do you eat your food? Yeah, you it's Falkirk. Yeah, it's Falkirk. Yeah, that is true. You probably just put, <laughs> no, but if you've got... Put in a if silo. You, <laughs> if you've got a dining table in your kitchen, that is some house you've got. That's a, that's a massive house. So, what, what do you have in your kitchen? Where do you eat in I your kitchen? I don't eat in my kitchen. Where do you eat? I have a, a dining room a table. A dining room, exactly, yeah, no, yes. No, 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 I have a table, but it's not in a dining room. It's in my living room. Right, so, I've got... The living room's quite big, and at the back of the living room, there's a dining room table with six chairs. I'm so... so I didn't feel hungover when I started this podcast, <laughs> but now I do. So, you've just completely negated your own point. How? Because you've said you can't have a dining room in, in a, a kitchen. kitchen. No, you can't. Because you can only have a dining room table in a dining room, but you have yours in a living room. <laughs> yes, exactly! <laughs> yeah, mine's in my living room. Right, so... So, your living room's your dining room, then? No, because that's my living room. But, but you a... just said you can only have a dining room table in a dining room. Yeah, because I don't have a dining room. I had to put it in my living room, and I, my kitchen's not big enough to put the table in. Right. So, right. So, point... so there's a couple of couple of points here, right? <laughs> First of all, you said a dining room in a kitchen doesn't just... doesn't count because it's not a dining table because it's in a kitchen. But it's okay if it's in your living room. <laughs> And secondly, the second point, which it's, I can't believe we're even talking about this. No, you said because the dining table is too big to fit in the kitchen. Yeah. Buy a smaller table that fits in the kitchen. Surely that's a sensible solution. Have a smaller table. But I had room in the living room. It put a dining table. So I put a- also, hold on. By admission, if you could, you would have the dining table in the kitchen anyway. If, so you had a sm- if you had a smaller table, would you have it in the kitchen? Yes. <laughs> right, okay, right. So it fits the criteria then. Jesus. Jesus right. Let's move on. Jan Vinninger of Hesselink. No. Leon King Prawns. That's nah. from P. Mac B. Uh, Timo Cookie. No. Nah. Uh, Joe Curdle. No. Nah. Stephen, Stephen Peppermill. No. Nah. Oh, no, uh, no, no, no. Like no. have a pepper shaker. Like a, a pepper grinder or something. Aye. Yeah. Peppermill. Uh, Ewan Cameron as the third drawer down because he's full of shite. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> I like that. That's, That's a winner. Uh, 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 washing Sakawa from D Hughes. You would yeah. have a washing machine unless, yeah. uh, unless washing machines only count in the utility room or whatever you call it. Um, what else have we got? Neil Lemon. Uh, can I just say my washing machine is in the kitchen? Right. So It's under the sink. So what, what's your views on utility rooms then? Well, you've got money. If you've got a utility room. Ah, aye, you've got money if you've got a utility room. Okay, fair enough. I want a utility room, but I don't have enough money to get a utility room. Uh, Neil Lemon from Chrissy. Not having that. Gravy Martindale. Not, not having that. Alex Flowery. Yeah. <laughs> Alex Flowery. <laughs> I, thought, I think that's quite good. Good, but I'm not having that. Right. 
That's from Paddy Boy. Uh, Jam Braxter. Jam Braxter. I think I've put an R in by mistake. I think I just said Jam Braxter. Sorry. Idiot. Um, Scott Brownie. <laughs> from Stephen. Uh, Grill Marnock. Oh, yes. Have you have you ever um, cooked a steak in a George Foreman grill? No. See, I used to have a George Foreman grill and... I didn't think it was that good. Nah. I, so, I, I gave mine away to my sister. Right. So, <laughs> what, what a lovely present. <laughs> I didn't think it was that good. Happy birthday. There's my George Foreman. You can have that. My beloved sister. We're learning a lot about you today, Ewan. Um, <laughs> Stephen Welsh but I hope she's not listening. Because <laughs> she swears by it. That's shit. <laughs> you know that the only thing I like cooking on it was bacon. Oh, the air fryer does a great bacon sandwich. Obsessed. <laughs> air fryers in the future. Uh, you can't even buy them for love nor money. Peking, I got one last year. So I got. Do you I, use it? I was a sort of a hipster air fryer. <laughs> you're, you're ahead of your time. An early adopter <laughs> yes. to the air fryer community. Uh, no, I've not actually used it in a long time because uh, I don't know how to use it. Anna uses it. Oh, so right, I've okay. not taught myself, so... <laughs> and we just... Yeah. Peking Duke button. from Ricky Spence? Nah. Harold Splashback. Very good. That's from Kenny I've Rogers. I've got a deep purple splashback. What colour's yours? Uh, mine's is uh, sort of... What's it called? Stainless Br- steel. Brushed stainless steel. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it's yeah. good. Um, Brand new as well. Yeah, it is. Uh, Mix would put the kettle on. <laughs> <laughs> it's from Michael Donaghy. <laughs> that's good. This is good. Chefy Ambrose. Chefy Ambrose is good. Who's the chef? Where, 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 do, where do chefs work, mate? Oh, yeah. In a kitchen. I was thinking about my house. Right. No, you don't You don't have a chef in your kitchen. No, I don't. But when you're... Because if I had a chef in my kitchen, I'd have a utility room. When you're <laughs> making food in your kitchen, you're technically the chef. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah, so Chefy Ambrose is in there. Well done, George Burns. And Ham Courts from GSRFC. What are we going for? Um. I thought most of them were crap, if I'm being honest. Right. I like the one about me in the drawer. Yeah, yeah, we'll go with that one. Well done, Scott. You have won this week. So uh, if you have any examples for next week, please do get in touch. It is at BigFootballScott on Twitter. And we are asking you for the best shouts for if Scottish football were a supermarket. For example, uh-huh. Trolley Menga. <laughs> trolley. Remember Dolly Menga? Played by Livingston. Yes. Trolley Menga. Trolley Menga. Isle Hutton. Uh-huh. Car Park Hately. <laughs> Jesus. Green Grocer Ray McKinnon. <laughs> I was scraping the barrel today. You're struggling with this one, mate, aren't you? Right. <clears throat> Isle Obelai Test. <laughs> Isle Obelai Test. You do get eye tests in supermarkets do, now, do. you do. Unexpected item in the bagging Larry Kingston. <laughs> Jesus. That's these are the worst ones yet. Oh wow. Right. See for those of you who are listening right now, right? And you want to get involved in this, it's an easy one for you to just pick food items on an aisle. We don't want food items. So you're banning food items. Banning food items too easy. Okay. It could be supermarket names, it could be um what else is in a supermarket? Checkouts. You've got the meat counter, which is what right. do you call them? So, so you're allowed food if it's meat, then. <laughs> I mean, sometimes, like, I wonder if your brain's connected to anything because it's certainly not connected to your mouth. Like, unbelievable. You say stuff. 
and then you just contradict yourself about 30 seconds later. It's so and consistent. Made, and somehow you've made a career out of it. Okay. It's incredible. So what other things can you find in the supermarket? Uh, you find a delicatessen, don't you? So, so again, <laughs> the food's allowed if it's in a deli counter or a meat counter, just not in the hey, aisles. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, you have mobile phone places. Like, see, in my local Tesco. Yeah. Tesco Mobile's in there. Yeah. You've got a pharmacy as well. Okay. You've got a cafe. God, I was going to say cafe, but it's food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. You've got, um, what else do you normally get? You do get eye tests. Uh-huh. Um, so, so, so in there sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So you're looking more for the infrastructure of a supermarket as opposed to the contents of a supermarket. <laughs> yes. Is that what you're saying? Uh-huh. But Did you that- also have, like, home stuff. Like pillows and cushions and duvets and toilet right, brushes. Right, okay, and wait, stuff. wait, wait. So, homeware is fine, uh-huh. but the food is not. <laughs> She's banning food. So, you're banning food? Banning food. Anything else you can get in a supermarket that's not food. Right, okay. Candles. I buy my candles from a supermarket. So, I love scented candles. I've got a new one just now. It's stunning, by the way. It's cranberries and nutmeg. It smells of Christmas. If you come into my house, you think it was Christmas. Never once. You would have thought Ever. that Rudolph was sat in the house himself, feet up, watching the telly. And Rudolph would be like, So. Is this your dining table in your living room? <laughs> or have you got a separate dining room? Or do you want this in the kitchen? <laughs> right, see, let's move on. No, but quickly though, see if Rudolph puts his feet up. Does he put all four of them up? Or does he just put the bottom ones up? <laughs> That's a good question. We should save that for when we get our next guest on. and Ask the question. Yeah, ask the question. If Rudolph was sat on your sofa with his feet up, is it all four or just the two? <laughs> But surely the top these, two would, would be arms. But well, no, because by definition they're, they're legs. legs. They're legs. Like they've got but, four legs. They don't have two legs but, and two arms. But his two legs that he's sitting on are up. Well, no, the other ones are up as well. Yeah, yeah they would be. Aye. Yeah. It's a conundrum right enough. Let's move on to the World Cup. As Serbia have just equalised against Cameroon and we are recording this at 10.47 in the morning. So right on the stroke of half time. Actually, a cracking header. Um, one one the guy there. One one at the moment. Um, what have your thoughts been on the World Cup so Loved far? Loved it so general? far. Japan beating Germany. What a result that was. Iran getting that result against uh, Wales. I mean... It was an unbelievable game, that. Um, what else was there? USA um, played really well against England. I mm-hmm. thought they were lucky not to win it. Yep. I just think it's been a really intriguing World Cup and you can't really call it. And see Morocco mm-hmm. yesterday against Belgium. They were outstanding. They're getting with that group. If I were Belgium, I'd be furious that they have wasted the golden generation of Belgian talent, the best players they have ever had, yep. on an absolute ditty like Roberto Martinez. Mm. You know? Like, I, I, I would be furious that he has been given, I think now, 2016, 2018, the Euros, and now he's, he's been given four major tournaments, I think. He to, did get to, to semi-finals in them all and also finished third at the World Cup. Yeah. And he hasn't won anything. I know. With, he should have won it with that team, if truth be that, told. That team is outrageous. It's, yeah. it's probably, it's the last crack at it now. And oh, they're done. I think they're done. Um, and it, other things as well, like he plays Kevin De Bruyne up front pretty, as part of the front three. It's weird. Play him where he plays for Man City. Oh, Serbia and just Serbia scored. Serbia just scored again. So that is Serbia completely turned it around against Cameroon. This will be interesting <laughs> if you're listening to this later on. Well, you will be listening to this later on because this won't come out until about three o'clock. So this is sort of like going back in time. It is a wee bit, isn't it? Six yeah. minutes of injury time 
in the yeah. first half in Serbia have scored two yeah so Belgium I'd be raging and uh, I think out of all the teams so far who's impressed you the most France have been outstanding Mbappe <clears throat> he's a star he's quite they've, good isn't <laughs> they've been good I think he can get them defensively I think a decent team can get at them defensively but they've been very impressive um, England I thought they were good against Iran were awful against the USA USA outplayed them outmaneuvered outmuscled them outplayed them in midfield I thought USA were superb I think they could go through actually um, who else has impressed me Brazil were very good in the second half in their 2-0 win against Serbia Neymar out for the next couple of games though. that's actually going to benefit Brazil because I don't like Neymar I think it's all about him and he's quite selfish don't like his theatrics and when he came off when he came off it's mental they were actually better without Neymar Rodrigo is a star in the making Vinicius Junior for me is now the main man for Brazil you've got Rafinha on one side you've got Jesus as well they've got Martinelli who's been flying at Arsenal they've got an outstanding squad of players going forward but again defensively you can maybe get at them with 37 year old Thiago in the back four and Spain I thought they were brilliant in the 7-0 win against Costa Rica and I thought they were great against Germany last night but Germany as Germans do always find a way and I thought as the game went on they got better and deserved their equalisers I thought a 1-1 draw was the right result yeah. but I think Germany have got another they've got a chance of getting out of that group now with that draw because see Japan losing to Costa Rica yesterday yep. that gave Germany a lifeline mm-hmm. yeah 100% and Germany will go on and absolutely hammer Costa Rica and there's every chance that Spain will beat Japan and Japan will find themselves going out despite beating Germany in that first game. Yeah, we'll see what happens. It's going to be an interesting week. And in the next section of the podcast, we're going to chat about all the pundits and the coverage because ITV and BBC are obviously splitting the coverage as per usual uh, for the World Cup. I'm going to stick my neck out here. I think ITV's coverage has been much better than the BBC's. I've enjoyed it a lot more. They're actually putting effort into it as well. So every 10 o'clock game that's been on ITV, they've come on here at 9 o'clock. Did an hour build up. If, the, if it was the BBC, they come on at quarter two. Yeah. And then, you know, some of the pundits are just like, well, we don't really know a lot about this team. And I'm like, well, why are you there then? You're a pundit. You're meant to know. You're meant to be the expert. I had Mauricio Pochettino on last night for the game between Spain I, and Germany. I was in the pub last night, so I didn't get to actually hear what Pochettino... It was poor. Was he? Just poor. I just thought the whole night was poor. I think the coverage has been really poor on the BBC. I, I, I 100% agree with you there. Let's go to the other side, though, and pick out a few positives. I think Ali McCoist has been tremendous, as he's, per usual. He's head and shoulders above everybody when it comes to punditry. The guy, you can tell listening to him that he's watching it as a fan. Mm-hmm. He just loves the game of football and he, his passion and his knowledge mm-hmm. is unbelievable. Yeah, Alan McCoy is easily the best pundit at the World Cup. And Premier another League. positive as well I will pick out, Mark Chapman on the BBC is excellent. We actually talked about that on WhatsApp yesterday. He is so good. I just think he's a brilliant presenter. Natural. And just an absolute natural. Yeah. And he should be at the top of the tree as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I think he's fantastic. So well done, Ali McCoy. I also like Ga- I also like Gabby Logan. Gabby Logan also very Gabby good. Gabby Logan's as well. very, very good. Again, very conversational. Laura Woods is good as well. Yeah. Like Laura Woods is superb. Well, that, for me, the ITV coverage, him and, her and Mark uh, Pugash are very good. Mark Pugash is not too bad what's his name Pugash <laughs> Pugash is it not Pugash no certainly not it's not that's, what's his name that's, that's your internet self <laughs> um, it's Pugach 
Gatch. Oh, yes, yes, him. He's yes. been very good as well, yeah. Yeah, I do think that. Uh, Lee Dixon, any thoughts? Oh, oh. <laughs> how does he get in the big games? Now, this is a guy that's going to be teaming up with that plonker Sam Matterface mm-hmm. to do the World Cup final on ITV. He's one of the worst commentators, is Sam Matterface. He's teamed up with Lee Dixon. How those two are the Premier League for ITV is beyond me. Clive Tilsley and Ali McCoy are the reserves. Yeah. They're like second choice. Ali McCoy should be the Premier League of co-commentators and how he won't be doing the World Cup final is a joke. Danny Murphy. He has some good things to say, but he just bores me. You know what I think of Danny Murphy? He bores me. I th- he, he's like a young Mark Lawrence. Remember when Mark Lawrence used yes. to do co commentary? And he couldn't be bothered being yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Like you're having to drag him Aye. like to the football match and forcing him to watch it. Yes. But Danny Murphy gives off a little bit of that vibe as well. Uh, what about some of the other pundits? Who else have we had? Uh, Dion Dublin of Holmes Under the Hammer fame. Every time I hear him, I just think he homes under the hammer. Yeah. Because it's one of my favourite TV programmes. Because I finish finish here early in the morning, but I have it on um, um, Series Link Link record and I watch him when I get in the house. Mm -hmm. And he's great. He's a great presenter. Again, he can be hit or miss when it comes to punditry. Mm. And finally, John Hartson. The Big Scottish Football Podcast with Stephen Mill and Ewan Cameron. Right, any other business, Ewan? Anything else on your mind you'd like to get off your chest before we wrap things up? Can I just clarify the dining room situation? No. (laughs) Please, no. Okay, can I give you another recipe for an air fryer? That's vaguely more interesting, I'll take that. Square sausage. Square sausage in an air fryer? Square sausage in an air fryer. It's the best square sausage I've ever had. So, I'm guessing it gets gets rid of a lot of the fat. That's what it does. It's exactly what it does. It is better than any grill you'll ever find. The air fryer is the future, and I know that you're ahead of the game by getting it last year. I'm only new to the game, and I am loving every second of it. So get your square sausage in there. Even link sausages. I had a link sausage roll the other day there. It was the best link sausage cooked all the way through, cooked evenly, no oil. That should be the base minimum that it's cooked all the way through. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Positive. No, see when you see when you put a sausage in a frying pan, and some bits might be it doesn't cook all the way round. Sure, it's, it's some wee bits are like you still see the grey bits. No, I wouldn't eat that. But don't. I, I, know, I know what you mean. Yes, I know what you mean. that's that. Get your link sausages in an air fryer, amazing, and then on a roll, and then a wee bit of brown sauce. Lovely stuff. Okay, that's more recipes next week from the air fryer with Ewan Cameron. But thank you very much. We do have to go, unfortunately. Thank you very much, Ewan, for being here. Thank you, Stephen. And uh, thanks to you for listening as well. Thank you, intern Callum, for getting us through this show. Wow. Thank you. It's the first time you've ever done that. And it'll be the last. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on whichever podcast provider you use so you don't miss an episode. And you can keep an eye on our socials for If Scottish Football Were a Supermarket, food is banned, according to Ewan Cameron. Yes. We'll be back next Monday with another brand new episode of the Big Scottish Football Podcast. Wherever you are across Scotland listening, enjoy your week and we'll speak to you soon.